Talk Recorded live. Greetings and good morning from the shores of Southern Oregon. On February 16th, 2016, to an hour of hour of discernment. My name is Walt Stickle, and I'll be your host for the next 45 to an hour. <clears throat> Today's broadcast, I labeled it Dark Ages Returning as an Academic Inquisition. Yesterday, we covered the uh, the effects of the academic world, and uh, and we uh, we talk mainly just on on the heliocentric worldview, but it affects much more than just that. But to start the broadcast off, I, I'd like to refresh our minds with Chapter Two of Colossians. Chapter 2, for I would that ye knew what great conflict I have for you and for them at Laodicea, for as many have not seen my face in the flesh, that their hearts might be comforted, being knit together in love and unto all riches of the full assurance of understanding, to the acknowledgement of the mystery of God and of the Father and of Christ, in whom are hid all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. And this I say, lest any man should beguile you with enticing words. For though I be absent in the flesh, yet am I with you in the spirit, joining and beholding your order and in the steadfast of your faith in Christ. As ye have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in him, rooted and built up in him, and established in the faith, as ye have been taught, abounding therein with thanksgiving. Beware, lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit, after the traditions of men, after the rudiments of the world, after the rudiments of the world and not after Christ. <clears throat> We're going to come back to that verse after I finish the chapter here. For in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and ye are complete in him, which is the head of all principality and power, in whom also ye are circumcised with the circumcision made without hands, in putting off the body of the sins of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ, buried with him in baptism, wherein also ye are risen with him through the faith of the operation of God, who hath raised him from the dead. And you, have, you, and you being dead in your sins and the uncircumcision of your flesh, hath he quickened together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses blotting out the handwriting of the ordinance that was against us, which was contrary to us, and, and took it out of the way, nailing it to the cross. And, having spoiled principalities and powers, he made a show of them openly, triumphing over them in it. Let no man, therefore, judge you in meat, or in drink, or in respect of a holy day, or of the new moon, are the Sabbath days, which are a shadow of things to come, but the body is of Christ. Let no man beguile you of your reward in a voluntary humility and worshiping of angels, intruding into those things which he hath seen, vainly puffed up by his fleshly mind, and not holding the head which all the body by joints and bands have nourished, ministered, and knit together and increased with the increase of God. Wherefore, if you be dead with Christ from the rudiments of the world, why, as though, as though living in the world, are you subject to ordinances? Touch not, taste not, handle not, which are, are to perish with the using after the commandments and doctrines of men. 
which things have indeed which 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 things have indeed a show of wisdom and will worshiping and humility and neglecting of the body not in any honor to the satisfying of the flesh now i want to you know I, I I lost it in my computer. One time I did a whole web page on verse 8. Beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy. Now, I'm not adding to God's word here, but beware lest any man spoil you through Darwinism and vain deceit, heliocentric worldview after the tradition, after the Roman Catholic institution of men, and not, and after the rudiments of the world, and not after Christ. And that word rudiments is what we're talking about with the academic world. The academic inquisition after the rudiments, after the rudiments of the world and not after Christ. It goes down to verse 20, where, wherefore, if you be dead with Christ from the rudiments of the world, why, as though living in the world, are you subject to ordinances? <clears throat> I mean, that verse, verse 8, Two eight. You know, when you read it now, it is it is a, it is amazing how what it what that verse is saying. Beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit, after the tradition of men, after the rudiments of the world, and not after Christ. But well, you know. I, I last week I wrote I read four chapters of um, the foundations under attack the roots of apostasy by Michael DeSimlin and I stopped at chapter five it's a real short chapter but I see how it's fitting in here and it's only it's only uh, three pages the chapter is. And I got the I got the definition of the word uh, in front of me, expositor, because the title is Historic Expositors of the 19th Century. What are we talking about? Exp expositors. It's a person or thing that explains complicated ideas or theories. Now, I understand, I think, a little bit why he used Newton, <laughs> uh, Isaac Newton, I, and why he, he picked Dr. H. Grattan Guinness. Because uh, some of these men were talking principles. Let me see how the definition uh, explained complicated ideas and theories, see. So let's let's read what uh, Michael DeSemblin uh, said in chapter five. It's a short chapter, and then then we can. Uh, I have. Uh, I want to comment. Then after this, I want to comment on the Dark Ages returning as an academic inquisition, because this fits right in. <clears throat> Doctor H. Grattan Guinness, in his review of the post-Reformation interpreters recorded his belief that the false futurist writings of the Jesuit Ribera and Bellarmine had been able, ably answered by Bringenman and Mead in the 17th century and by Isaac Newton in the first half of the 18th century. Joseph Mead's most excellent exposition of Revelation was approved and printed by the Puritan Parliament in 1641. At the time of the Westminster Confession of Faith, endorsed the historical interpretation of prophecy, Sir Isaac Newton followed Mead and the Puritan writers and further advanced the comprehension of prophecy. The vastness of his genius led him to the most extensive views of things 
natural and divine. He studied nature as a whole history, as a whole chronicology as a whole, and in connection with this prophecy as a whole. In 1842, Reverend Edward Beckenstein, hymn writer and author of the well-respected book, The Trinity, who later in life became Bishop of Exeter, joined with Professor T.R. Burks in founding the Prophecy Investigation Society. Early in 1839, Beckenstein had issued a warning against mixing doctrines and speculation, speculative prophetic interpretations couched in temperate, temperate language. This, this, this reread that last paragraph. Early in 1839, Bickersness had issued a warning against mix, mixing doctrines and speculative prophetic interpretation couched in temperate language. Quote, he says, the variety of new systems of the apocalypse is a serious evil, and it is to be hoped that the present list of books may help to check this evil. Men of talents and imagination, men of talents and imagination, and piety are in danger of forming to themselves a system of apocalypse without any careful study of even leading writers who have gone before them. With great ingenuity, they turn the figures of this book to their own views and build up a beautiful theory, parts of which may indeed be true, but not having cautiously gone over the ground nor duly considered the researchers of the predecessors, they lose the benefit of the length, lengthened experience, and the church loses that full benefit, which their ability and piety might have imparted. The warnings against false prophets, Matthew 24, 21, 24, may reach both authors and readers. The danger of false interpretation of prophecy calculated to deceive the very elect, end of quote. Remember, I mentioned that the late great planet Earth by Hal Lindsey sold 28 million books, and Tim LaHaye's Left Behind series, well over 20 million books, <clears throat> because these men are writing with their imagination. End of quote. Burks, in his first elements of sacred prophecy, was more forthright. He warned of the dangers of rejecting, without distinctions, the maximums of the interpretation of the sacred prophecies generally received by the Protestant churches ever since the time of the Reformation. He referred to several late writers, including Berg, Matlin, and Todd. Quote, they agree, in few, they agree in a few points, except in rejecting the conclusions of all previous expo, expos, exposars and maintain that nearly the whole, let me pronounce that word right again, that's expositors. I have a hard time, you know, because that's the title of the book, remember, the title in the, of this chapter. I'll start again here. They, are, they agree in few points except in rejecting the conclusions of all the previous expositors and maintain that near the whole of Daniel's prophecies and those of the apocalypse are unfulfilled. Now, if the theories of these writers are entirely, entirely groundless, the responsibility which they have incurred is very great and the effects of their error might have prove extremely fatal to the church. The strongest bulwark against the revived revive zeal of the Romish church <clears throat> will have been taken away when it, when it is most needed, and the danger of a renewed apostasy will have been fearfully increased. 
the light which the word of God has thrown on half of the whole period of the church history will have been quenched in darkness and her hopes for the future by a perplexed and <clears throat> fallacy application of irrelevant prophecies be involved in chaos of fanciful conjectures and inextricable confusion. Uh, you know, does the late great planet and 28 million books might answer what he's talking about here? Apart from Bickerstins and Burks, the principal historical expositors of the 19th century were Albert Barnes, Grattan Guinness, Christopher Wordsworth, the Bishop of Lincoln, Dr. A.J. Gordon in the United States, and Reverend E.B. Elliot. Elliot is widely recognized as the greatest among them. Elliot's four-volume exposition, Hore Apocalypse, was published in 1844. C.H. Spurgeon, who himself and his stories are a continuous, as he called it, described Eliot's work as the standard work on the apocalypse, a monument of both historical and theological scholarship. Hore Apocalypse destroys the mainstream of interpretation handed down through the centuries by the great cloud of witnesses and illuminated by the Holy Spirit through the light of history. It shows with a wonderful weight of evidence in a lingering detail how the book of Revelation has been fulfilled right up to the sixth file in chapter 16. E.B. Eliot also wrote of the new futurist scheme. It has a great advantage over every other form of interpretation in that it is not chained down by the facts of history. It is not chained down by the facts of history. It can draw on an unlimited power of fancy wherewith to devise in the dreamy future whatever may seem to fit the sacred prophecy. Eliot went on to show the insuperable difficulties attending the futurist scheme, how, it's, how it sets language, grammar, and context at defiance, how inconsistency marks from the beginning to the end, how erroneous is the conception of Antichrist, how self-contradictory and illogical, how opposed to history, scripture, and ancient fathers is the futurist view of the religion of Antichrist. But that is, even intellectually speaking, a mere rude and commonplace conception of Satan's predicted masterpiece of opposition to Christ compared with what has been actually realized and established in the papacy. The papal system is beyond anything that the futurists have imagined or even can imagine. The very perfection of anti-Christianism I, I think that last this is the this sums up the whole chapter. This is the last sentence in the chapter, and he says the papal system is beyond anything that the futurists have imagined, or can, or ever can imagine. The very perfection of anti-Christianism. <laughs> now, doesn't that fit right in? with the rudiments of the world in Colossians 2.8. Doesn't it fit right in with, with the academic world? It, it, it describes it to a T. And I, I had an email sent to me yesterday, you know, in... Uh, because I mentioned yesterday that the academic world will not allow one to question because they are the arm of the beast. And uh, he, and it was Larry Phillips who sent this to me, and and he lists, uh, uh, you know, it's it's not just heliocentric. 
Heliocentric is what opened up the can of worms. It's, you know, so the, so the academic rule will not allow one to question because they're, they are the arm of the beast. Proof like the Darwin evolution. I mean, like I said, I didn't realize it. I'm just bouncing along through life and realizing that, you know, that my neighbors, like I've said several times when I was canning tuna about six, seven years ago, you know, he wanted to present Darwin evolution as fact. You know, not to question it. And then helio, heliocentric, the earth billions of years old, global warning, PETA, pro, prosodomy, earth spinning at a thousand miles an hour, of course, is part of heliocentric, and earth going through space at 66,000 miles an hour, the United States religion, excuse me, the, unit, the United Nations religion, course <laughs> that was a slip of the tongue but uh, you know uh, the United Nations and the United States religion is in a way kind of connected you know and the papacy is uh, the only one that's got a seat in the United Nations as a religion and a state human-centered psychology you know, this is becoming uh, a human-centered psychology is becoming, uh, you know, that's the replacement of, of the gospel. That's the replacement of the Bible. And all of the seminarians and Bible, col- Bible colleges, they turn out counselors that have been trained in, in, psych- in counseling, in psychology. Uh, Christ, the Christians ostracized. I mean, in other words, we're being it's being demonized. When you, you know, it's going to be. You, we can see as time goes on that you're not going to be able. There's going to be a time where, where this is going to revolve to evolve evolve to a. You're not going to be able to quite. I mean, the Bible is going to be considered hate, hate lit, hate literature, and is in some places. The Jesuits' control of the United States foreign policy? Yes, I could never understand. I could never understand the American American foreign policy when I was growing up. You know, I was born in 44. I started watching movies. The, The World War II movies. I could never understand why we were allies with the biggest tyrant, you know, <laughs> in the world, Joseph Stalin. I couldn't understand it. Not until I understand who was who was who was behind foreign policy, and then it became perfectly clear. And we did a broadcast back, and there's a a Jesuit priest named Edmund Walsh who started the foreign services at Georgetown University. And, you know, it was very clear that this man was instrumental in our foreign policy and that Georgetown University is where it's written. NASA's fake science? Is there, you know, people, we talk about the moonshot, you know, and I know people, this this is a, you know, we're not supposed to be able to question it. There's one thing that the Reformation give us, and we still have. They haven't taken it. We can still question. Now, there's parts of, of this world, and I'm going to get into it a little bit later, where you cannot question question anything, or it's a jail sentence. <clears throat> and we're going to come to that, and this, it, we're coming to that, like the like nine eleven, you're not going to be able to question nine eleven. Nine eleven was nineteen camel jockeys 
flying airplanes into buildings, and the buildings disappear. They turn to dust. Amazing. What an amazing weapon we have. It's commercial airliners hitting buildings and turning buildings into boop, dust. There's going to be a time when we're not, it's going to be a prison sentence for talking about this stuff. Endorse, we've endorsed uh, the Pope on September, 24, on September 24th of 2015. The Pope came right over into his Capitolium and spoke to his Congress and his lawmakers with two fasci symbols on his left and the right on the wall. And to his left, he had the House Speaker, Joe Boehner, a Roman Catholic educated at a Jesuit university. And on his right, he had, he had Biden, the vice president, who has honorary degrees from Jesuit universities. <clears throat> you know, and the... De- and and the denial of geocentric Bible proof, you know, I last night, I forget the name of this call. It's it's um, the hoax busters. And there was about fifteen, eighteen men in there, and a couple ladies, and I called in, and I, you know started bringing up heliocentric. And um, what is amazing to me, when I bring up heliocentric, geocentric, you see, that it isn't common knowledge what it is. That the world teaches that we go around the sun. It's common knowledge. It's the academic world. and, And we're not to question it. Matter of fact, it's not even debated anymore. Now, they debate evolution still. But as far as heliocentric, they keep the roots of the evolution and the Darwin away from the argument. But you're not allowed to question. Now, I'm going to bring up something else this morning. Before I do, now, don't. Anybody that's listening here, don't jump to conclusions. Don't, when I say what I'm about to say, don't have a knee-jerk decision. Stop and think of what I'm saying. But when I was in the eighth grade, when I was in the eighth grade, They arrested Eichmann down in South America and they brought him back to Israel and they tried him and they executed him for the Holocaust. Now, when this happened, it was, I remember I was in the eighth grade. Every single night, it was nothing but Eichmann, Eichmann, Eichmann. I wasn't much of a reader. But there was lots of books out now about the about the German Holocaust. I was not a reader. I didn't. But I went out and bought a book on the Holocaust, and I seen the emancipated bodies stacked and everything. And I was trying to to, to decipher how something like this could happen. You know. But here's. Here's Eichmann on TV, and here's Walt's uh, a book, and all. And you, and you notice also when I'm bringing this up that the, the pictures that you've seen of the Holocaust, you've seen bodies that are immense, are just people that have been starved to death. Okay. And see, <clears throat> and then when I was. Uh, Oh, about 34, 35, I had a, my veterinarian was a good friend of mine, and he, he gave me some material on the Holocaust and told me that it was, 
that it didn't happen the way they told us. Well, I didn't. I didn't raise a, an arm, or I just I I got a couple books that he he had given me, and I read a little bit, and and uh, uh, sure made some sense. But I mean, I had no history. But the other day, I don't know how I got here, and I'm not not going to know how if I'm going to I pronounce her name. Her name is spelled U-R-S-U-L-A, Haverbeck. And uh, I can't pronounce her first name, but I can pronounce her last name. So this don't, I don't want to mispronounce her first name. <clears throat> but on, on November 12, 2015, she's an 87-year-old woman she was sentenced to 10 months in prison. And you say, for what? No matter what, and I'm going to read this off a little, no matter what you think of the veracity of the Jewish Holocaust, do you support imprisoning thoughtful, articulate individuals like Ursula Heverbeck simply for questioning the official narrative? Now, she's not the only one that's been put in prison for this. David Irving, Irving, excuse me, David Irving is a historist, historical, I forget, a history writer. And he's also, I think he spent a year or better in, in a prison in Switzerland, I believe. I mean, I might be wrong, but he did spend some time for speaking out at a lecture. Now, now you say, well, Walt, you know, gosh, there were six million Jews. I mean, <laughs> but you know, do we can we go back and look at nine eleven? Do you believe everything you heard about nine eleven? Uh, uh. Do we believe everything that we hear about the six million Jews and the Holocaust? Now listen, three or four years ago, there wasn't as much material out there. I'm not going to go into the evidence, okay? Because you can do your own footwork. But there's there's some the videos, like when I did broadcast with York, with York. Now, Yerk knows exactly what went on in Germany, and so does this. So does Miss Miss Haverbeck. She knows exactly what went on. And now, don't label me a, a Holocaust denier. Now, just get that out of your minds, people that listen to this broadcast. I am not a Holocaust denier because there was a holocaust but it was much greater the six million Jews the six million Jews it was a it was a Protestant a protestant Christian Jewish holocaust because you see, in 1933, when they passed the Enabling Act because of the Ragstack Fire, the first month they locked up 100,000 people. Any undesirables, and, and see, see, any undesirables, they went to concentration camps, whether you were Jewish, Protestant, Catholic, listen, there was there was Catholic priests that were executed. I mean, if you didn't raise your hand when Mr. Hitler went by and somebody saw you and turned you in, you went to a camp. Now, now what I'm bringing this up for 
is see, see in the academic in, the, the academic inquisition that we are in today does not allow us to question. And when you question the six million Jews, the figures don't figure for one. And it's been proven without a shadow of a doubt that what they reporting didn't happen the way it did. When the Allies broke, came in after the end of the war on May 8th of 1945, and they started opening up these concentration camps, <laughs> there were hundreds of them. Hundreds of them, and some of, and there were some people that had, because we're not supposed to question, but but Walt has done some history on the on the defeat of the Sixth Army in for, and the winter of forty two forty three. There was more more soldiers starved to death. No, excuse me, they did that too, but they froze to death. How would you like to be out in a foxhole when it's 30 below zero and the wind's blowing 25, 30 knots? That was in 42, 43. And when they finally surrendered, they marched over, I think, 95, 96,000 there's pictures you can see it on the internet of, as far as the eye can see marching north and only 5 to 6000 ever returned that's a holocaust that is a german holocaust because the protestants the percentage they kept the roman catholics in the west and they put the Protestants out on the East Front. That is a holocaust. You don't think that the leaders of this war, when they started the war in the summer, start the war in the summer and freeze in the winter, that they didn't know what was going to happen? It was planned that way. It was planned that way, and it's part of the Holocaust. Now listen, in 42, 43, when, when they couldn't, when, they, when the soldiers, the Sixth Army was starving to death, and they couldn't get supplies into them, you know, do you think that the, that, 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 that the concentration camps were getting supplied with T-bone steaks? When things started getting rough, and it did, I believe I, I think there was three million men in the in the in the Sixth Army. You don't think that those concentration camps dried up with food? And in Auschwitz, <clears throat> it was built on a swampy ground. And the figures they give you that they were gassing two thousand at a time, and and then putting them into into a, a crematorium, burning their bodies. In other words, it a, a, a body is sixty two percent water. You know, the troops, the troops, the the troops in the it, on the on the front of Stalingrad weren't getting any any fuel. You don't you don't think that they, 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 that the crematories had all the fuel they wanted, and they didn't have the facilities. They didn't have the facilities to get rid of that many bodies. Now you can all you can all find this out. And the reason I'm bringing this up is, see, we're not supposed to be questioning. And and Mrs. Everbeck, eighty-seven years old, and. I've, I've, she speaks good English. Matter of fact, I was trying to contact her when I found out that she'd been sentenced to 10 months in prison. 
I'm, now, now, you see what's happening, in a, and it usually happens in Europe before it gets here. Now, in Canada, there's a man that they locked up in Canada, too, for questioning. Because all this lady's doing is questioning. And that's all I'm doing is questioning. But I'm here to tell you that from the eighth grade, when I was in the eighth grade, I was fed nothing but propaganda. And the truth of it is, there was a holocaust. It was a German holocaust to annihilate the German people. The stones there in Georgia, I can't, what are they called right now? I can't think of the stones there in in Georgia. Anyway, they have the languages, they have 10 languages up there and, and what the language is missing is German. And they have lied to those Germans so bad that there, I talked to a German lady back in about 1999 when I first got on the internet. And I remember her telling me this. She said she went to a, she talked about World War II and she said, well, it was our fault. It was our fault. They have put so much guilt on those poor Germans. Because they can't question. And also, my veterinarian friend back when I was about 34 told me about the firebombing at Dresden. How many know about the firebombing at Dresden? When they bombed Cologne, Cologne, Germany, 700 bombers. And the British hit Dresden around midnight, about 11 o'clock, with a wave of 800. The next morning at dawn, the Americans hit them. And there was P-51s. The people were huddled in parks. And the P-51s, the American P-51s, came over and scraped them with 30 caliber machine guns. See, we need to question. The real genocide in World War II, there were six to seven million Germans starved to death after 1945. We need to question. And then we had General Eisenhower, the Rhine Meadow camps. Now, anybody that's been in a dairy environment with seen cows and pastures, just imagine when I go to Coquille, there's dairy all the way in that whole valley. And I imagine putting up a barbed wire fence and herding men into it. And they did, it was women too, there were some women. Without any facilities, without any running water, no, and, and it was a capital offense for the Germans to be found throwing any food over the fence. And a million and a half German soldiers died with dysentery and under those conditions. Now, you can fly and see all kinds of pictures of the German concentration camps. They had buildings. They didn't put them out in a field. By the way, it was because of Yurt Glisman 
that kind of quieted me and not being angry because it wasn't Eisenhower. It was Eisenhower's handler, Edmund Walsh, who killed those million and a half Germans. And see, so we need to question. The world wants to take that away. And this last Saturday, I was sent a link on the Prussian schools that have been duplicated from Prussia in our public schools. I've seen this before, where parents have gone to these meetings and what's going on in our public school system, and they've been they've raised a, a voice against it, questions, and they've actually been tasered, pulled out. They are not to question. You know, so it's time for for all of us. And what is the answer? We we're living in a fallen state. And if it wasn't for the, that Bible that you tell us to give us a little compass, you couldn't keep your sanity in such a fallen state. And so, you know, what I'm trying to emphasize here about questioning, you can't question, and it's coming here. I, I, I've heard, I mean, York has said things that, you know, and like I said, you can't call me a denier because there was a, there was a, trust me, there was a, a and it wasn't six million. It was probably more like 14, 15 million. They used the six million Jews to take the light off of what, how bad it really was and to get their 1948 Israel. That's what the six million Jews is about. To get their apostate Jewish state. Reason why people can't see this because their history has been taken away. How many people in the United States know about the bombing of Dresden? I've read two books on people that survived. One, an Englishman that was on, because there was POWs in the city. Can you think, think about 800 airplanes come over? 800 I remember when I had a, and I've talked to a man that actually he lived down in the border of Aust, right on Austria, and you could hear him coming. Can you imagine 800 airplanes? And we're not to question. And if you do, your your attack. Give you an example where. Got 11 minutes here. Is the two atomic bombs dropped on on Japan? What what most people don't know, they've heard about the firebombing of Tokyo. Killed more people. The firebombing of Tokyo killed more people than both of both Hiroshima and Nagasaki. But they firebombed 67 cities. 67 cities. And then they told the general public that they saved a million people from not invading Japan. A million soldiers. What a piece of propaganda. You know, you say, well, Walt, you're just giving a lot of fear. 
No, you go right back to your Bible now. You realize, you realize that it's written to, to save God's elect, not a nation. And the sins, and the sins of the nations, and what this, you know, of the unelect are going to be, it are going to be dealt with. There's going to be a day that this is all going to be dealt with. But this Bible that we have in our hands, thousands of people died just to get it into our hands. How effective has the academic inquisition been? It's completely destroyed the credibility of the Bible. When I was on the broadcast last night with the hoax busters, I share I share who I was and what I believed. That I brought the Bible up, but I realized after talking in that group how little reverence or credibility that the modern man in America gives to the Holy Bible. Because there's the answer. There's the answer. It's not looking to politics or looking to apostate religion. That isn't the answer. It's God's word. Because man is not going to turn what we see going on in this academic inquisition. They are literally, literally destroying the minds with this false religion and the academic world. And I covered the points. It's real, it's live, and you can you can see it. So this Bible needs to be part of us. It's the only way you're going to survive in the craziness that's ahead of us. And the craziness that's in this world today. Because as I listened to this group last night on hoax busters, hoax busters, I mean, I learned. I wasn't there to cause trouble and and chastise them. I could have I could have been a, you know, I was. They were teaching me. God was teaching me where we are today in 2016 without His Word. There is only one weapon we have to keep our sanity. To keep us, we're in a fallen state. And sometimes, you know, I, I said to myself, I keep saying in, in, insanity. Well, insanity is really another word for the fallen state. When you take God completely out of anybody's life, what do you have? What do, what do you have? If you took Christ out of the Bible, you'd have what's going on in Israel today. Because, because Christ is the center of this Bible from the first verse until the last. And when Christ is taken out of the academic world, are not taught to children as they're growing up, this is where we're at. I can't quote the Bible verse, but Christ, this is in red letters, Christ says it'll be like the days of Noah. And we're there. We're living those days. So every breath of air we we have, every I mean, I mean when I cook a potato or cook a meal, 
I think of those men in Stalingrad, Russians and Germans. I only told you about the, the Germans, but the Russians, they emptied the prisons and they put them out in the front lines and at the start didn't even have enough guns and they and when they when somebody was shot they picked up a gun but there was men behind them forcing them into the in, in into the into the battle every time i i think i think of what and people t- talking about the coming tribulation Yes, there's going to be a final tribulation. I'm not taking that away from the Bible. But man has been going through tribulation all the way from from the cross. I I listened to some of the survivors of those 5 or 6,000 men that got back to Germany. I could tell by looking in their faces they couldn't express what they'd been through. Some sometimes it's it's sometimes it, so I, for me when I study some German history and I Germ I, I've I've studied the what happened in World War II. I didn't learn it when I was growing up. I didn't learn it watching those Audie Murphy movies in the 50s. I didn't, that that was not what they were portraying. That, that isn't, war was glamorous. And it's, it's, it's uh, the bottom line, you know, Beware, lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit, after the traditions of men, after the rudiments of the world, and not after Christ. That's what I've been talking about. And not after Christ. And and if you have a, if you've got your, in this spiritual fight, if you, if you, got a meal to eat if you've got a roof over your head and I can we can almost say that everybody that's listened to this broadcast has got enough money <clears throat> to have an internet connection so that tells me that every one of us has got an awful lot to be thankful for we can fall on our face and be so thankful that God has revealed his word to us. Because God is still sovereign. With that, I'm going to leave us for the day. God bless. Love you all. And I appreciate it. Because, you know, sometimes I've, I've just, this last week in my life, starting to understand some of the things that I know you know, I realized, you know, and I just came across a, 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 today, I, I lost it. I just sent an email to somebody. It's, it's amazing. Our young people today, we can't be angry. I mean, we have to be, we have to see how, how far this has gone. And we have to, we can do all things through Christ that strengthen us and, and, there is, we don't have a time to to stand up and start being angry and 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 and, and, and uh, tr- trying to correct this and correct that. We don't have it. We have to be able to take care of today and be so thankful that we that God has given us eyes to see and ears to hear because. That's the greatest gift that God has given me in 71 years is I still, I, I, I still have, I look back at my life now, I can't, I can't be angry. I can't, I can't because I, I, God has revealed exactly what's going on. 
you know, and we are in the days of Noah. So with that, God bless you. And I uh, appreciate your, uh, your listening and uh, your fellowship. And you know how to get in contact with me. I'm always, I always enjoy visiting because that's the greatest gift we have right now is the few that we know that we can fellowship with. If you have two or three people that you know, you're a millionaire. And be thankful for what we have today. With that, God bless, and I'll see you tomorrow.